Today we continue our conversation with Christina Valenzuela from Pearl and Thistle, this time focusing on how we share this education with our daughters. Christina explains why this conversation is so important and why our girls need to hear from us as moms. She offers very practical advice on how and when we should have this conversation and how to navigate this season with confidence. Welcome to Life Beyond the Chariot, a faith and family series from the St. Philip Institute. We believe we are called to not only know, but also to live the truth of the gospel within our homes, in our workplaces, and beyond. We believe we are invited to encounter Christ in the messiness of day-to-day life and to live as his disciples. Welcome back to our part two conversation with Christina Valenzuela from Pearl and Thistle. Uh, this time we are going to focus on teaching our girls body literacy, which kind of feels like a totally different animal <laughs> of itself. Um, Mickey has one daughter. I have two daughters. And I know Mickey's a little bit further along with this than I am and actually has experience with some of Christina's program. So I'm, I hope we can maybe spend a few minutes talking about your experience with that, Mickey. But yeah, so in our first conversation, we were talking about body literacy and body literacy being something that's lifelong. But as as Catholic women, as Catholic moms, we have a responsibility to entrust this information to our daughters and to not just kind of throw them in the deep end, but we really have this beautiful opportunity to accompany our daughters in beginning their journey in body literacy. So Christina, I don't even know where we begin, but can you walk us through, you like, one, you know, what does it mean to talk about body literacy with our daughters? And also just like, when does that conversation even start? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, let's let's begin with that one, because what I like to just reaffirm parents in is that there there is no one conversation. So if you are worried about like scheduling the time for the perfect conversation, forget about it. It's not going to happen. Right. Um, our kids, I mean, the way that we get them to be body literate is the way that we teach them to observe and understand and respond to their bodies from the very beginning. So I like to even talk about like potty training is a form of body literacy right? Like educating your child on this urge, right? This sensation in your lower abdominals means that you need to sit on the potty, right? That is a form of body literacy that our children need need to learn, right? And so it's body literacy pertaining to menstrual cycles is an extension of just all of the other things that we learn to be literate about in our lives. And so I want to kind of like decrease the pressure that parents put on themselves to have this be like this big conversation and to see it in the context of all these other conversations you've already had, right? If you lay the groundwork with your kids from the very beginning that we respect our bodies and we listen to our bodies and we respond to what our bodies are telling us, that's going to be a much easier kind of segue. Doesn't make it easy objectively, right? But it's going to, it's going to mean that you already have a foundation for you to, to have those conversations about puberty and about periods and about cycles in a way that makes sense to what you've already thought them to think about their bodies. Now, as a, as a, 
a mom of a daughter, I knew we were getting to the point where we needed to start having conversations. And I was a hot mess. Like I was so nervous. I said, I don't know how to bring this up. I don't know how to talk to her. It, it was funny because my own insecurities of things that I remember feeling when I was young, I was, it's like they all came rushing back when I'm like, oh, now I have to do this with my daughter. It was almost perfect timing because I think it was about the time Deanna introduced me to you. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? This cycle prep course sounds really great. And I did it with my daughter and it was amazing because I had built up all this sort of uncertainty, like how do I even talk about this with my daughter? Because I wanted mm -hmm. to avoid so much. Like I thought, what if I say something wrong and it causes um, shame or humiliation, which not that I would in any way intend to do that, but I was like, I don't know how to phrase it. Like you said, I was trying to find the perfect language mm -hmm. of how to do this. And um, anyways, so um, I'm just so grateful for these conversations to be able to walk a mama through how to like how to do <laughs> these things. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things I like to say when I'm talking to parents too, is that, you know, cycle prep and my, my charting for girls book, like these are all supplementary programs to the primary education that you, you're already giving your kids. Some people worry that like, I'm just going to plot my kids in front of a video course and, and like, I'm a, a essentially like issuing my duty as a parent. No, no, no. Um, cycle prep everything. And you know, Mickey, cause you've been through it. Like the way that I talk to the audience in cycle prep is that you have somebody here who's watching with you. Right. And this is the person who's going to answer all your questions, but I'm going to teach you this stuff. Right. And then the communication and the relationship goes from there. So I don't want parents to ever think that I'm trying to replace your voice. I'm trying to echo your voice. Right. Um, and so I think that's another important aspect of body literacy that, that Catholic parents in particular are very sensitive to is that parents are the primary educators, right? Because we've started these conversations before, because we know our kids in a way that no other outside educator is going to know. And so what I hope to do with my programs is to just kind of be a supplemental voice and to be able to kind of take the pressure off of moms don't have to know all the details. You don't have to have some carefully crafted pitch with some like really, really fancy understanding of body positive language. Like it's, it's actually there. It's in the program done for you. Um, so you can sit and you can watch with your daughter, right? You can learn together, have a shared learning experience, and then your conversations will go from there. I love that because it's really empowering the domestic church and we I really, so. yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I just, we've talked a lot on previous episodes and especially like in, we're in the year of baptism in our diocese mm. and like understanding the gift of who the human person is and also thinking about the role of parents um, in the life of faith for our children. And this is part of that. Like we're teaching our, our children how to be good humans, but to understand the body is a, oh gosh, it's a beautiful, beautiful gift. And I mean, you talked about this in the, the previous episode. So looking at cycle prep and, and you've described it really well, you know, what could parents expect with that? And even just thinking of age groups, you know, my daughter 
what I think when we first met, my daughter was only like four or five years old and now she's eight. And I'm like, okay, it's time for me to get registered. <laughs> so I think, um, but yeah, like just, you know, what, what to expect, how can moms know that their daughter is ready? I guess, mm-hmm. yeah, let's focus on that mm-hmm. question. You know, yeah. how, do, how does a mom know that their daughter is ready to receive this information? Cause I know I have two girls very different. And I expect that this is going to look different with, with both of them. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, so if, if you go to cycleprep.com, I actually have a handout that's like five things that tell you that your daughter's ready to learn about her cycle. <laughs> so you nice. can just snag that, but it's basically looking for, I mean, look for certain developmental cues because um, there are physical changes that come with puberty, which happen prior to the onset of menarche. So once you start to notice things like the development of breast buds, right, then that can be your cue to like, okay, maybe we're about like two to three years out at this point, right? Um, The other thing is just like developmentally, where is your child in the curiosity scale, right? Because some kids are naturally going to be more curious about body changes or more observant about body changes than others. And you're going to want to talk to them sooner, right? So I have crafted cycle prep uh, to be like right at age nine to 11 is really where it's pitched. Right. Um, and it's because it's meant to be before your first period. And one of the things that I have slowly been kind of expanding as I articulate, like why we need this education sooner, right. It's not just for proximate preparation for our girls, but it also is even if our girls don't get their periods until age 14, at age nine, they have classmates who are getting their periods. And if they are not prepared to understand what's going on with their friends, they are not prepared to receive that and to respond generously to those changes and and to be what I like to talk about is like the culture of care, right? Um, that that girls should be taught how to how to respond generously, not only to the needs of their own bodies, but to the bodies of other people around us. And Girls need to be prepared earlier so that they're not making assumptions or getting freaked out when things happen with their friends, which are perfectly developmentally normal, but may just not be where they are developmentally yet either. Can I, um, real quickly, because I'm sure maybe some parents who are listening to this may be like, oh, but I'm not ready to have the sex ed talk. Ah, and yeah. that was that was a big concern of mine because I think um, physically, developmentally, my daughter was ready for things that maybe emotionally and mentally she wasn't ready for, like the sex talk, but maybe needed some more. Like, here's what's going on with your body, and I had no idea how to do that, and so I kept postponing mm-hmm. the developmental talk, like with what was going on with her body, because I was like, I don't know what to do with this other piece that I'm. I don't know if she's ready for, and I don't even know how to navigate that. So can you share a little bit about what is the difference and to any parent who's like not ready to have that talk, how does what you created, and I can speak from a parent perspective, but I want to give you some time. Okay. Um, what can put a, a parent at ease of like the distinction between how is it different than like, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things just boils down to the fact that we've, we've kind of had it drilled into our head that like puberty education is the same as sex ed because our models for such a long time have just been one talk based, right? Usually in a school or in some other like group location where you just cover everything all at once, right? You just get it all out of the way. 
And that's not how parenting works, right? I mean, we know having raised kids that you're like having like little snippets of conversations all along the way. And so I think we can do ourselves a favor if we just say, okay, let's take a step back and let's just break down that model and see why it doesn't feel good. And it doesn't feel good precisely because of what you said, Mickey, that like our girls developmentally in their bodies may need certain practical information about what's going on in their body before their brain is ready to comprehend sex. Like when I did the talk, the talk, right. With my girls, I I had them preview cycle prep. Right. And then we sat down and we had a conversation that went like, okay, um, if the equation of life is an egg plus a sperm equals baby, how does the sperm get inside the mom, right? And so they asked that question and I gave them an answer. We talked about the mechanics of sexual reproduction. And because of their developmental age, their response was, why would anybody wanna do that? And at that moment, I realized this is where our models are so wrong because we've put together educational models that are based on what we know as adults right? They're based on an adult psyche, which is going to connect these two things because we know how they're connected, right? But for our kids, they don't automatically know that all of these things are connected and they're not ready for all these things to be connected yet, right? I could like go off on a side tangent about Hildegard von Bingen and her theories on these things too, like from 800 years ago. Um, So I think we can give ourselves permission to say, we can educate our daughters about what they need to know right now about their changing bodies and allow their development and their questioning timeline to dictate when they are ready to receive this other information. And that's a tricky thing to do as parents because it means that we have to be responsive, which means that we have to be ready to respond when our children ask. We can't shy away from those things. But at least we we let the, the personal development of the child be the leading factor in the conversation rather than some sort of agenda that we've predetermined has to be this sequence of events. And I love how you emphasize that this is an ongoing conversation. This isn't like a one and done type of approach. Um, And it like, I imagine that this could be very healing for moms as well. Like I, I, I know I've mentioned this before, like I've just encountered so many women who just had very negative experiences of, you know, finding out what a period was or just waking up one day and not understanding what was going on and thinking they were dying. Mm-hmm. But what a privileged place we can have in the lives of our daughters to accompany them in this. And like, it's messy and it's going to be complicated, but I love that you, you have given us like a launch pad for this and then like having that positive foundation, how that can continue into the teenage years where it will get more complicated and more, uh, yeah, just, uh, just messier for lack of a better word. And, um, yeah, just building relationships. Like, again, like I just really see how this is fortifying the, the domestic church, one of the questions that I have, you know, I have two girls and two boys right now, a third boy on the way. And I, sometimes I think about, you know, what, what is that conversation going to look like with my boys versus my girls? And I know dad's going to take the lead on, on some of this stuff, but on your Instagram and everybody needs to follow Christina on Instagram. We'll make sure that that is there. Is it at Pearl and Thistle? Um, sure is. is. That your yep. handle? Mm-hmm. 
Yep. One of the stories that you shared recently was about a boy um, who noticed that a, a girl had a stain on her skirt and he was very discreet because he had sisters and he understood what was happening. He offered the, the girl his sweater mm-hmm. and like, oh my gosh, like I really want to raise young men like that. And I just, I wonder, you know, like what, what has your experience been? Or, you know, I don't know if you're going to do like cycle prep for weeks or <laughs> something like that. But, you know, are there things that, you know, you would recommend that, you know, when we have, when we have sons, whether we have girls and boys or just boys, you know, how do we start talking about these things with our, our boys so that they're knowledgeable about, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what's going on as well? Yeah. I mean, I think that's going to look very different based on whether that boy has older sisters who are, who are going through things, right. And sort of what the trajectory of your family looks like. But I would say at a minimum, right. Thinking about the mother son relationship, what I have found it was, it was eye-opening to me. Um, I've had every single child come into the bathroom with me. Like if you're a mom, your toddlers come into the bathroom with you, right? It's just a thing, right? And so, um, you know, when I'm on bleeding days, right, they'll see my period products and, and they'll get inquisitive. But my son actually had a very different reaction than my daughters did because his initial reaction was like a protector reaction. And I don't know if this is universal, but it was interesting to me because he was like, are you okay? What's wrong? right? He was two, right? But this was his sort of like, I need to make sure she's okay. And so for him, what I latched onto very quickly was that he needed to know that I wasn't hurt, right? That, so I had to quickly like deescalate his, his like stress response. I was like, it's perfectly normal. It's okay. This is, this is a sign that mommy's body is doing something really healthy and it doesn't hurt me and it's, and it's fine. Right. So I think even something as simple and you can hear what we talked about last time with the body literacy and the the positivity and these sorts of things that we can like rethink how we're talking about this stuff. We can give that gift to our boys from a very early age, simply by couching this in terms of this is a normal, healthy thing that does not Heart, hurt girls, right? Does not hurt me. Um, maybe I have some cramps, but that's a different issue. Okay. Um, but just like this idea that it's normal and healthy, because if a boy grows up with that understanding, he's going to be much more uh, open to receiving the message later on that like women who are experiencing this deserve assistance and care rather than mockery and shame. Right. So that I think would be like the very ground level entry into conversations with your boy is just making sure that they understand this is healthy and normal and good. Um, and, and just modeling that in your, in your language and your response to them later on. I think it's actually like in high school, I think it's very important that we start educating boys and girls about the menstrual cycle and about, um, body literacy and hormone changes. So I do have a teen program that's more for like high school age that really contextualizes anatomy and physiology and this concept of body literacy and Catholic moral teaching. Um, and I teach, I introduce them to like, there is a women's hormonal cycle. That's an infradian rhythm. It was a month long ish. Right. And there's a men's hormone cycle. That's a circadian rhythm. Right. And we need to understand how both these cycles work together. Um, so I think that's a very important piece that we can start adding into like intentional curricula as they get older. 
No, that's so good. Um, I guess I had never really thought about from the from the boys' perspective. I've just been so like zoned in on on my daughter. But I will tell you one time, my son did have a question, and going through your materials, like me just being almost like I was given vocabulary that was simple. Um, that it was no longer this embarrassing, like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to respond. Um, and it was it was so great being empowered not to just talk to my daughter, but to also have language to be able to answer questions that my son had. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, um, I don't know, it was just really, it's really good. And I think at the more that we, uh, well, for me, the more that I have made this an open like forum for my daughter and I, she feels comfortable coming and talking to me about what's going on. Um, and it, and she'll have a question and it's, and I can be like, I know what you're going through, you know, and it's this, it really is incredible to, to be like, we have this connection, uh, because we're so different on, on personality and like how we see the world. But this is the, this is the thing that, that there, there's a, an intimacy and an emotional connection that is so beautiful. Um, and so to be able to frame it in such a way, in a positive way, mm -hmm. uh, has been so helpful and beautiful, like even to our relationship that there is this openness of like, Hey, this is what's going on in my body. Um, and, you know, having the vocabulary to be able to talk to her, um, about that has been really great. Yeah. And I want to just, oh, thank you for that, Mickey, actually. Um, cause one of the things I want to reiterate, that's not necessarily clear in like the marketing of my program, but that I was very intentional in the language that I used within the program, like very, very intentional about the phrases that I used in the way that the way that I talk about things. So when I talk to parents who are like, you know, I may not want to purchase your programs, but like, can you give me guidance as to like how I can have some of this language at home, right? So I have kind of these like phrases or these words that I, I recommend to them. So focusing on like that, this, this is normal, this is healthy, this is good work that women's bodies do, right? It's natural. Um, but even specifically, I, I like wrote down some notes here, but like we can say things like periods are a visible sign that your body is doing invisible work that it was designed to do, right? Um, that menstrual cycles are important to girls and women's health. Pain is a sign that your body is communicating and is asking for a response, right? Um, period blood is good, healthy blood. Um, your body knows the right timeline for your body, right? Your body knows what is healthy for you. These sorts of things are just, it's not language that was necessarily given to me when I was younger, not because I think that anybody was like withholding information, but just because we weren't thinking intentionally about, about doing this. Um, so I, I thank you for pointing that out because there was a lot of work that went into crafting the language and the way that that, that program was presented. Well, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. <laughs> so, um, but you've talked about, you talked about cycle prep, which is preparing girls for their um, first period, which I think mm -hmm. was excellent. Um, and you just talked about your teen program. Mm. Um, can you talk a little bit about, um, I have it here, the charting for girls. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're going through it. It's so great. Good. When I first started charting, it was because I was having problems with infertility mm. and, um, it was all like either, like I was always exposed to charting either to achieve pregnancy or to avoid pregnancy. You know, that's how it was always framed. So when I first heard like charting for girls, I was like, wait, why? 
<laughs> why would we need to do that? And why would I need to teach my 12 year old, my 13 year old how to chart? So I'm sure that might be a common question that you get. So can you kind of explain a little bit about um, why introducing our, our girls to charting at an early age is good and beneficial and yeah, I mean, so I think I, I think that association with like cycle charting equals NFP for a long time. That's that's just what it was because we didn't really understand the utility of of charting outside of family planning, um, and that's just because we couldn't think about the menstrual cycle as anything other than that which is ordered towards you know, having a baby. I think now we have a lot of different opportunities with this idea that a menstrual cycle is a vital sign for health, right? And helps us understand ourselves better. We can introduce the concept of charting outside of the context of NFP. So what I like to think about is how cycle charting is a tool, right? Um, that can be used in a lot of different applications. So like one application for cycle charting would be fertility awareness and natural family planning. But another very good application for this tool would be health management, right? And so if we allow ourselves to think about the fact that like, well, what would you need to know for this to be useful for just the health management side? We only need to learn how to identify ovulation. We don't have to need to calculate a fertile window. Right. And so for charting for girls, that's basically the approach that I take is within the first few years, there's a what I call the basic guide, which is not looking for ovulation yet because it explains why teen periods are more irregular in the first few years. And that's OK. Right. So we don't look for ovulation yet. But then once they get older and their cycles are more regular, you can learn to look for ovulation as a healthy, vital sign and to get some information from that about your health. Um, so you can see it. In a lot of different ways, you could see it as an investment long-term if they want to use natural family planning down the road. But I also think it has immediate utility in just getting them used to knowing what their body is doing, right? learning to understand themselves in light of what their body is doing. And then maybe sometimes there are some health applications, especially for teens, where, where that would be um, really useful navigating conversations with your doctor. Uh, I What I love about everything that you're doing, Christina, is that it is a culture changer. Like what mm. you're doing is changing the conversation around all of these things. And I mean, imagine if every family was having these conversations with their girls now and what that means for marriage and family life and vocation discernment, you know, 20 years from now, like the seeds you're planting with this ministry is just phenomenal. So I just want to affirm that in you. Like I feel empowered as like, even though it's, it's not quite time to have the conversation with my kid, but we're getting there. I, I just like that JP2 message, like be not afraid. <laughs> I feel that because I know that there are resources out there. And just to think about all of the amazing things that the Holy Spirit's going to continue to inspire in you and the products and, and courses mm-hmm. and books. And you have a couple of books coming out, which we're, we're going to be really excited to, to promote in our diocese. But thank you for the great work that you're doing. I am really excited that you're coming to East Texas uh, during NFP week. And the very first event um, that we're hosting that week is a cycle prep workshop Mm -hmm. on, let's see, it's Wednesday. I want to make sure I say the right day, Wednesday, July 26th um, at 6.30 p.m. 
We'll have the information and registration info for that in the show notes, God willing. Um, but I'm really excited to have the, the opportunity to have a live um, workshop with you. I think we have a dream in our diocese of like really building up that mother, daughter, father, son type of ministry. And this is really planting a, a big seed, but we're just thrilled that you're coming out here. Yeah, I'm so excited. So cycle prep, just for anybody who's unfamiliar, exists right now as a self-paced video course. You can get it in the comfort of your own home and go through the videos on your own time at your own pace. Um, but I do love doing the live workshops, getting getting families in a room together and going through this material and, and being able to do Q&A because the girls have some fascinating questions sometimes that even moms are like, oh, that didn't know you were thinking about that, right? And it allows us to to have this sort of fun communal experience of, of opening up these conversations. Um, and also what I really love is when you come with, you know, other families from your school or from your parish, right? The last thing that I talk about is how do we build a culture of care so that we're all supporting each other? And even from my standpoint as a mom, I'm like, I, I want the other girls in my kids' classes to be prepared with period kits to support my girls when my girls like, so that I know that I'm not sending my girl to school unprepared. Like she has a, a team or a crew of people who, who also have done cycle prep. So that's another thing that I love about the workshops is when, when communities can come together, then you also know that you've all been through the same thing and the girls are all prepared to support each other in this way. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Mickey, did you have any, any final, I feel like you're like, you have a unique perspective on all of this because you've <laughs> been through Christina's program and yeah. Any final words of encouragement that you could offer Mickey to, to parents, moms that might be listening and are going through this season or preparing to go through this season of, of education with their girls? I can just speak from my experience that I was really intimidated by the prospect of having to have these conversations because I didn't feel like I had the right vocabulary and I didn't feel confident. And to know that there are tools out there that make the presentation of the information easy so that so that as a mom, I was able to be present. Like I was able to, it took away all those questions that I had in my head. And I was able to go through these things with my daughter um, and all the anxiety that I felt kind of faded. And I was just able to be present for her questions. I was able to, um, to, to focus on her like, oh, do we need to, do we need to stop something and say, hey, you know, we don't have to finish today. Um, we can stop it whenever you're ready. So um but like getting out of that mindset is like, we're going to have this talk and then it's going to be, and then that, you know, and that's not how this has helped us that it has not been that way. And, um, and it takes a lot of pressure off. Um, for me, it did. And then even like, I think it took a lot of pressure off of my daughter when we were talking about, um, as we were going through the charting for girls, she was like, this seems really intimidating. And you even put it in there. Uh, you say, if charting becomes cumbersome or something negative, you don't have to do it. And I think that that's what I what I have just loved. Again, um, I think I mentioned this last time, but just the permission to be able to take in what you can, to sit with the information, to um, to just learn what your body is going through and how you can better detect um, how that's affecting so many things. 
and what you can do to be empowered to help yourself get through those things um, better or like with more equipment or tools at, at your fingertips that can help you. And so um, I just love that for me as a, as a person, it has changed how I see it as something that I was nervous about, but now I've seen a, it is a gift and it has been beautiful. And so I think if moms can take that and like, this is going to be a beautiful experience between my daughter and I, instead of just a talk that we need to have. So she's prepared. Mm. Um, for me, it, that process was happening in me as we were going through the material. And it was just really, um, it was just wonderful to see that that sort of bloom um, in the relationship with my daughter and I. So it was just, yeah, I'm just grateful. Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, Christina, thank you so much for taking the time to have these conversations with us. Again, please check out our show notes so you can get links to all of Christina's great work and to join us in July for a, a marathon of, of events with Christina Valenzuela. So thank you again. Thank you yes, so thank much you. for having me. Thank you.